Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. Each week, we spotlight members of the WordPress community. I'm your host, Doc Pop. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine and my contributions on TorqueMag.io. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app, or you can download episodes directly from WMR.fm. If you've ever contributed to an open source project, you know that it's all about collaboration and innovation, but there's a little known challenge that many developers might face in ensuring their plugins stay on the right side of the GPL, GNU, General Public License. It's not just a matter of compliance, it's about preserving the spirit of open source. So today we have a special guest, Jeff Paul, the director of open source at TinUp, who will share a game-changing solution he presented at WordCamp US this year. Imagine having a tool that scans your code base automatically to guarantee your plugin's GPL compatibility, even as you add new features and dependencies. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into it, Jeff, can you tell us your WordPress origin story? Sure. I don't know that I have the exact year. It was probably early 2000s. I had a personal site that was on a former CMS, I think it was called Geeklog. And between that and my hosting provider at the time, and who knows how many other factors, there was uh, you know a collapse of, of content in CMS. And so I was just searching for something to replace that with at the time, uh, found WordPress and it worked for what I needed, you know, didn't go down the path of building a CMS myself, uh, which seems to be a good origin story for a lot of folks. Um, but that, so that was call it, I don't know, 04 to 07, somewhere in that range. But I didn't kind of cross the divide to contributing until the WordPress 4.7 release when I joined the, the release squad there with Helen Hosandi and, and Aaron Jorben. So I spent many years being a consumer of the project um, and it wasn't until uh, quite some time down the road that I became a contributor and uh, have been, you know, continuing on that that path since then. While you know, dual consumer and contributor at this point. And you've been a very active contributor to WordPress Core. 
as well, 10up maintains dozens of plugins in the plugin repository, including Elastic Press, Distributor, Classif AI. These are all available on the WordPress.org repository, and they're maintained on GitHub uh, publicly and, and using open source practices. You are very familiar with the topic we're going to dive into. Why don't we just start off with the WordPress repository, like the WordPress plugin repository. Tell us quickly, what is the WordPress repository and what are the rules to be able to upload anything to it? Sure. So the WordPress repository is hosted by WordPress.org, the open source project, uh, separate from WordPress.com, uh, separate from any other host in the ecosystem, separate from third-party plugin companies or distributors. And it is what is directly linked or tied into every WordPress install out there when somebody is in the WordPress admin, is searching for a plugin or a theme. Uh, those searches are through that WordPress.org plugin repository and theme repository available in the WordPress admin. And similarly on WordPress.org, effectively the same search, same content is available there. In terms of, of getting something listed there, the WordPress.org plugin review team has a set of detailed guidelines of, you know, do's and don'ts for plugin developers. Um, and then there is an actual submission workflow to go through to do that initial submission to the WordPress.org uh, plugin repository. Once that is approved, there is an SVN uh, repo that is created for your plugin. And, you know, any updates, releases, et cetera, are pushed there to SVN. And that's kind of, you know, where everything currently lives and breathes for things that are available for search on WordPress.org or within the WordPress admin. One of the first rules, I, I believe, is that whatever you put into the WordPress repository needs to be uh, compliant with the GPL, uh, including fonts and images, not just the code. Is that correct? Correct. Right. So the quite literally the first rule of the plugin team is that is that the plugins in their entirety must be GPL compatible. That is the same license that that WordPress follows. And as you mentioned, code, images, third party libraries all have to be GPL compatible. Doesn't have to necessarily be the actual, you know, GPL V2 license. There are others that are GPL compatible. But yeah, fonts, images third-party libraries, dependencies, all that um, has to be GPL compatible and not just the code that a plugin developer writes, right? All those other things also need to be GPL compatible. And just so we don't keep listeners waiting, like we could just jump into it. Your talk was about how to be able to check for GPL compatibility using GitHub Actions. Can you, can you walk us through that process? Yeah, so th this stems a bit from my role as the director of open source at 10up it's perhaps not something that an everyday plugin author of you know a single plugin or even multiple ones might be aware of or or bother them but i think at some point i had almost quite literally that wake up in the middle of the night thinking i don't know if i know for certain that you know all the all the images all the third-party dependencies all the fonts, et cetera, are GPL compatible and trying to figure out a way at scale for us at 10up where we've got, like you mentioned, dozens of plugins that are available on the wordpress.org uh, repository or on, on GitHub as well, the, the source there. I, 
I didn't want to have to go through all of that with a fine tooth comb and have to check, you know, any upstream uh, dependencies that we were using for uh, the plugins and figure out, you know, how are these licenses that could be, you know, a pain in the butt for a single plugin, let alone uh, multiple. And through some searching online, identified that there were some tools, some GitHub actions that could be used to help effectively automate that process so that, you know, not just a single one-time scan of a repository to say, you know, yes, you're compatible or no, you're not, but continued scans so that, you know, any future bug fixes, enhancements, et cetera, that might either add a new dependency or perhaps bump a dependency in your plugin that, you know, perhaps happened to change how something was licensed, being able to check that ongoing and do that kind of first time pass through was something I was trying to figure out so that, you know, it wouldn't become just a, a manual intensive process and kind of like an ongoing nightmare to ensure that that compatibility. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the initial concern that I had was, you know, I didn't know that I, I had no way to know that, you know, some feature we add, if we're including a new dependency, that that was GPL compatible. And then realized there could have been an even worse scenario where we had plugins that had been released, um, iterated upon that already had incompatibilities within their software. And so that was kind of the first problem I wanted to try and solve was that first initial scan, right? Are, are, you know, individual plugins and are all the ones that 10up supports truly compatible with the license we declared and hopefully cross our fingers they were, and then you know, from there, that uh, continued check of making sure that future PRs, be they from my team and the open source practice at TenUp, broadly with other TenUpers contributing to the projects or just really anybody in the community, ensuring that those maintained uh, the licensing that we uh, stated in the, the plugins themselves. And just to clarify here, if you didn't, if you found through this that there was uh, some existing dependency or something in there that that was not compliant is the ramification just sort of shaming from the community or is there possibly a, a punitive damages that you could suffer for not following the rules so i'm not a lawyer right <laughs> uh so you know i do not have a lawyer hat on giving this comment so you know not valid legal advice but the approach that i took as I was running these scans on our plugins, because again, I didn't, I didn't know. I was actually quite nervous running all of these, what the results were going to be. My plan was if I found that there was a plugin that was using something that wasn't GPL compatible, that the best approach would, you know, would be to either remove that dependency, you know, swap it out for something else, effectively clear through that whatever the issue was and quickly release a new version, right? There's, there wasn't much that I felt could be done for what had already been published and released. From my perspective, none of it was, would have been done in a manner of purposely trying to, you know, circumvent licensing. It would have just been, you know, at some point along the line, human error, somewhat akin to, you know, a, a security issue that gets reported to a plugin author, right? Like you're, the best approach there is to work on a remediation and quickly get a release out um, so that folks that are staying current on on plugins 
you know, are in that safer state, be it a security issue or in this case, uh, a licensing concern. Certainly for, you know, if there happened to be a plugin that was, you know, significantly revenue generating and if there perhaps could be reasons to show that it was a known uh, mistake to have something off licensed, mm-hmm. you know, aside, I don't, I don't believe that anybody in this space is perhaps doing that on purpose, but I think the only ones that would be potentially be at legal risk would be ones that are, you know, significantly revenue generated that would be a, a target for, for licensing. So yeah, I think long story short, if somebody runs a scan and finds an issue in their existing code base, I think the best approach is really resolve that issue and release an updated version, you know, call out in the uh, change log, call out in the release notes that what was changed and why, you know, be transparent about that. But at that point, that's really, I think, the best that a, a plugin author can do um, in that case. Fortunately for TenUp's plugins, we didn't run into that scenario. Everything was was fortunately compatible. And I would hope that the large majority of folks going down this path, setting up some automa- automation to give them that level of comfort, uh, would have a similar experience. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a nervous, anxious wait for a couple seconds or a minute or so for the, the GitHub action to run. But, you know, once it shows that, you know, everything passes, I think most people would probably end up in that state. Speaking of getting comfortable, we're going to take a short break. So sit back and relax, and we'll be back after the short commercial break with more of our interview with Jeff Paul, the director of open source initiatives at TenUp, about keeping your plugins GPL compliant. Stay tuned for more after the short break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. Um, Doc, I'm talking to Jeff Paul about using GitHub Actions to make sure that your code, your your plugins are GPL compliant. Before the break, we kind of dived into this a little bit and we talked about re- ramifications if, if you aren't maybe uh, fully compliant. And I guess I wanted to get back to this specific thing. There's uh, GitHub Actions that that anyone can can create. But Jeff, you mentioned in your WordCamp talk 
that you use the official like GitHub action, I think, uh, with the, some small changes. Can you tell us what is the name of the action that people should be looking for to be able to do this? Sure. That's it's a dependency review action. So github.com slash actions slash dependency hyphen review hyphen action. Hopefully transcript uh, gets that correctly. If there's any problem finding that, I do have notes about this up on my site on a post that covers the talk. So there are links available, but if you search for dependency review action in the GitHub action marketplace, you will hopefully find the official one that that I used. And it, it does more than just check plugin dependencies. It will check more than just the licenses. It can also check for vulnerabilities and, and other things in your plugin dependencies. But the, the only thing that I use it for, the core thing I use it for is that checking for invalid licenses in uh, the dependencies within our plugins. And this is a action that you can set up what type of GPL you want to be following. You can include a license and it checks against that. And there's also the possibility if you maintain, let's say dozens of plugins that you can still source to that same thing. You can have all of those plugins that you maintain still coming to that one directory. So you don't have to go and, and update that each time, right? Correct. Yeah. I see either you, you sat through my talk at WordCamp US, kudos <laughs> to you for being in the audience and awake and listening, or you caught it on YouTube or WordPress.tv. But yes, there are, there are kind of two standard flows that, that I would expect folks to follow here. One, a plugin author that is responsible for one or a very small number of plugins or somebody who has, you know, more on the one to N scale, they have that many plugins that are supporting. So the for folks that just have a single one, the GitHub action, as you have it defined, can effectively within the that workflow file where you effectively are calling that dependency review action and having it scan through your repository, there are two environmental variables or, or parameters that you can provide that action. One is allow licenses and a, the corollary to that is deny licenses. You can't do both at the same time. And the approach that I took was to go with the allow licenses versus the, as opposed to the deny licenses. The thinking there was I would rather have a case where I forgot to include a GPL compatible license in the allow license list and get a effectively a false positive, right? Like get a dependency flagged as not compatible with my licenses because its license was just something I forgot to add in the list versus if I use the deny licenses list and I forgot to deny a license that, you know, I don't want, then that could have meant a dependency would get through, would not be caught by this check. So my extremely strong recommendation is go with that allow licenses list. And in the case where somebody is maintaining a, a single plugin is to just use that parameter and that list of licenses in your workflow file. So for, for 10 up for our plugins, that's the .github directory and then the workflows subdirectory there. And then we have the dependency review workflow that calls that dependency review action, has the allow licenses list. You can, you know, pull up my presentation either on my site or find the, the talk online and see the list of licenses that we have. You can also explore any of 10up's uh, repositories on GitHub and see the licenses we explore. Our workflow files are fairly well documented and kind of explain 
how we got to identifying what we felt were compatible licenses with our plugins. So folks would be welcome to use the list that we have, uh, would be welcome to use a subset of that list, would be welcome to do their own research, um, perhaps to feel that level of comfort. But um, we did do um, fairly lengthy research to make sure that what we were using in our allow licenses list actually is uh, compatible with what we declare. And, and pretty much by default for 10up, we use uh, GPLv2 or greater, uh, sorry, or later. Um, and so all of the licenses that we list are GPLv2 compatible um, specifically. Um, so that's the case for, again, the plugin author with a single uh, plugin they're maintaining. As you mentioned, for the case where somebody has more than one, multiple ones, you can have a, a separate license policy file that effectively has all of those licenses declared in it. And then you reference that config file, that license policy file in the workflow in your plugin so that, as you mentioned, you really at that point only have one place you need to maintain the list of compatible licenses. If there happens to be you know, a new open source initiative approved license that happens to be GPL v2 compatible for us, right? If there, a new one comes on the scene, then that could be added to the list. Or perhaps if one needs to be removed for whatever reasons, you don't have to do that in you know, dozens of locations. You do it in one location, and then all of your plugin workflow files that are referencing that config all are updated to immediately use that new list of, of licenses. This is all automated. So like if, if someone does a pull request, it, it does that just for you, right? Correct. Correct. So the, as we create our workflow files and our repositories, we do have it trigger on a pull request. So mm -hmm. you could also, um, perhaps have it set up to run on a cron schedule. You know, you could have it run weekly or monthly, but really once you do that first run, you scan the entire code base of the dependencies and it's really going forward you really only need to check those pull requests that are coming in you could probably also check individual commits if you're not using a, a fairly strict um system of, of requiring uh, prs on whatever your default or uh stable branches are for your plugins so there could be additional triggers that people might want to use for 10 up we tend to fairly strictly require PRs to develop in trunk branches so that we can use this action reliably and know that like any changes to dependencies that, you know, introduce a new one or bump a version that happens to change a license will get caught by this. Um, so yeah, we use, we pivot or trigger off of pull requests, but depending on how strict folks are, you might um, perhaps have that check uh, individual commits to a specific branch or even run on a schedule daily, weekly, monthly, um, just to have that um, comfort knowing that your code is is still passing, that there aren't any uh, licenses that are incompatible with, you know, in this case, GPLv2 for 10 up. And we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Jeff Paul about GPL licenses and maybe pick up on anything we didn't touch upon earlier. So stay tuned for more after this short break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. We are wrapping up the show and we're going to switch gears up a little bit. There has been some talk lately about the plugin review process on the plugin repository. 
and just basically stating this fact that it's it's a little slower than it's been in the past. Some people are saying they've noticed it's taking you know months to get something reviewed. Where where I, I think I've seen it peaked at maybe four weeks in most of my years in WordPress. So Jeff, I, I know that they've talked about maybe some changes they're going to make to that. Can you tell us what what the team is working on now? Sure. Yeah, and I've you know I amplify what you said. I think historically I've seen all the things that I've submitted have been under two weeks and have been much faster than what uh, is usually reported. And it's up at around 88 days or something unfortunate for everybody involved. I think, um, you know, there's been some turnover on that team. Some, some, you know, very experienced senior knowledge was, was lost. And um, the folks that have graciously stepped in to help fill that void, I think are still getting to the point where they can have that same sort of throughput on processing uh, plugins and reviewing those initial submissions. And there is work they're doing to try and automate some of that. Um, so some of the things that, you know, computers are better at that humans perhaps aren't, uh, perhaps like running WordPress coding standards and uh, honing in where there are really critical errors reported, right? Instead of a human having to go through and process those things, having a plugin checker that runs and checks for things that can be automated and helping that plugin review team just get a quick initial pulse of like, are things that are automated um, pathing? If so, then okay, dive into your human review and, and speed things along. If things uh, have been reported uh, via an automated nature that are not passing, then it's, I think, a quicker response to that plugin developer of, hey, we've identified these uh, initial things in our, in our scan. You know, please resolve those and then submit an updated zip file to get things back on 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 course. So I I know that they are working to add some automation in. Um, I think the more they can do to help them on that path, the better. Um, just because at this point, over well up over a thousand plugins, the backlog is lengthy, uh, and again, not helping anybody there. So yes, they are working on automations. Uh, I I know they want to do more. Um, and I think if that's an area where somebody is particularly gifted at um, uh, at automations and wants to contribute, I think the plugin review team would love to have some help um, on that front. So certainly reach out in, in Slack if that's the case. And speaking of reaching out, if folks have questions about your talk that you gave at WordCamp US or just some of the projects that TinUp is working on in the open source space, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Sure. So uh, my website, jetpaul.com, uh, I've got the uh, my presentation up there. If you just search for GPL, it's probably going to be one of the first posts in any case. Um, otherwise, the email jeff.paul at tenup.com is the, my work email. Um, and then pretty much every social network, uh, wordpress.org, GitHub, Twitter, slash X, uh, I am at Jeff Paul, uh, and y'all can find me on the, the social networks that way. Similarly, if listeners want to find examples of maybe the TinUp work on GitHub, I'm assuming that's just TinUp on GitHub? Correct. Yeah. GitHub.com slash TinUp. Um, all the repositories for our plugins are up there in uh, public. Uh, our team tracks um, new issues and PRs uh, closely. Uh, those all get come piped into our, uh, our Slack channel. So anything, any questions folks have, any discussions they open there, our team should be fairly uh, responsive to those, but if not, you know, hitting me up on on WordPress, Slack, on Twitter, via email, any of those work. Um, always happy to chat open source with folks in the community. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff. It's been really great talking to you. And I learned a lot about the actions that GitHub has for pull requests and kind of automating that experience. So that's very helpful. If you missed it last week's episode of Press This, we talked to Carmen Johnson about steps that you can take to prepare your site for the end of life of uh, MySQL 5.7 and how to get ready for MySQL 8. That's a really good episode you can check out, and we have plenty more. You can find those on torquemag.io if you want to find transcribed versions of it. Thanks for listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. You can follow our adventures on Twitter, at the TorqueMag, that's the TorqueMag. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download directly from WMR.fm. I'm your host, Dr. Popular. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love spotlighting members of that community each and every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.